Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, that's a, oh my gosh. Well, no one fucked up as big as Mariah Carey did. You remember, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least no one's taking an L that big. <laughs> hey man, Beyonce played during a blackout during the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. The and whole a- dome went dark. <laughs> no one's gonna get mad order. at the Queen either. You know. <laughs> Hello guys, welcome back to another week of Almost Cool. This week is so special to me and Jordan right here. I hope he's over oh, yeah. there. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah, just say, say something, you know. <laughs> um, but we're back with another week and guess what? We have a very special guest today. The, uh, I almost just said a guy. No, you're more than, <laughs> you're more than a guy. We have the God himself. John Wise from Sunmates Band with us this week. It is so special for you to be here. And we're so excited to talk to you about this t- topic of music therapy, man. This is something we all can connect with. Uh, oh, I yeah. play piano. Jordan plays drums. You're in a whole band. We, we're, I'm just so excited to connect with you and hear your thoughts uh, about, about the topic of music therapy. This is about to be so cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you both for having me. Absolutely. Of course, man. Hey, dude, you're missing the hype. This is the first guest, bruh. This is the first oh person my God. ever be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first guest we've ever had. Oh, my gosh. You are so special to me right now, John. You don't even understand. <laughs> I'm your first. Yeah, exactly. You're my first. You took my podcasting flower. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, he's been geeking about it all week, and I've been right there with him. <laughs> yeah, so did he call me, you first uh, or what? <laughs> Uh, he did text me a couple times, um, and then he apologized for texting me so many times. And he was like, I'm just so excited. And I was like, no, dude, it's really okay. That, that cover is amazing. I'm like sitting in my office like, I hate my life. <laughs> I just want to talk on this podcast and not have to sit at a desk. Oh, cool. I feel that. Yeah, what's your day job, Don? Uh, so I am like the office manager coordinator for a bankruptcy law firm. Oh, oh boy. What? <laughs> that... Astound- that's astounding man that's crazy it's that's it's wild. something so it's you're beautiful fun. and smart man that's <laughs> you're too nice oh man that, that's so great how did you i mean so you obviously have a full-time job and you're doing your thing and you have a band that you i mean you play shows around lexington and you're a lexington local i mean a local legend honestly from i mean everybody it seems that i know knows you it's awesome <laughs> And I mean, how do you how do you balance that? Like, I mean, do you have to put more energy into your day job versus music? Uh, it's definitely a give and take. Um, I'm pretty lucky, whereas the people at my day job really support what I do, and they're uh, they're really cool with me taking off time if I need to to like go to the studio or uh, you know practice for like a big show that's coming up. Like, if I need to take a longer lunch break, I can go home and kind of come to my little home studio and rehearse and. Um, That's awesome. it's also a job where like there is time when I just have some free time on the computer. So like I've got the band email up and I'm like, you know, shooting emails to people and stuff. So there's, it, it's kind of nice. Cause like, um, the day job is, is like the majority of my week, but I still get to think about the band and, you know, listen to our practices and stuff while I'm working. Man, it's if awesome. I both go yeah. If if I had a dollar for every time I did something at work that wasn't work related, I wouldn't have a I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that my coworkers don't hear this and like get pissed. <laughs> hey man, oh. we'll block their feed. It's no worries. Yeah, it's, we got okay, <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I mean, did so with music. I mean, when did you start? When when was the first time you picked up an instrument and fell in love? Uh, in the fourth grade, I. Um, was really interested in starting to play guitar. Uh, so I spent like the next year trying to convince my parents to, to get me like a Fender Strat. And uh, I got one for Christmas the next year. And I also started playing trombone um, in the school band. So I was really oh, that's awesome. like a band kid first. Like I played trombone from fifth grade all the way through my senior year of high school. Oh, wow. So yeah, you were, you dove head first. Jordan, did you, were you in band? <laughs> 
Dude, honestly, I was about to say I have the exact opposite growing up because they asked me to be in drumline when I was in like the fifth grade. And I said, I want to play the whole thing, not just the drum. So I'm out of here, boy. Like, <laughs> that you makes really sense. missed out on the market, though, because like those are always like the go to You're not guys, wrong, dude. You know, the coolest dudes are in the drumline. So. You're not wrong, man. That was like during the hype of drumlines with Nick Cannon. And I was just like, dude, I missed so much. <laughs> yeah, you could have been great. I missed a wave. I missed a wave. Now yeah. I'm just okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I started playing piano as a little kid. And I remember getting my first like little Casio. Um, I think I my my neighbors or somebody close to me had a piano. Um that I would just go and tinker with when I was a little kid. And I got yeah. to play a few songs and my parents were like, well, you're actually getting kind of good. Maybe we should get you a little setup. I got my little, uh, I mean, it has like 25 keys on it. It's like a little Casio thing. Right. And it was the first thing I ever picked up. And as soon as that started, uh, music has always been such an inspiration and like my outlet for dealing with things. Oh, it's been, and I was in jazz band too. So, I mean, I guess oh, cool. I'm one of the cool ones, you know, Jordan, <laughs> yeah. you're alone over there. I feel there. left out. I feel left out. <laughs> now it was like, it was, it was cool for me. Um, so my dad, he played drums since he was like 14, I think. And uh, I grew up watching him play. And so I was like, oh man, I want to play. I want to play. And it was really cool that the guy who taught my dad how to play drums, he still lived like across the street from my grandparents. And so I basically lived at my grandparents' house on the weekends and during the summers. And he was my first, like, real drum teacher. And I thought that was pretty awesome, having the same guy that taught my dad teach me how to play. So I'm really thankful for it. It was a, <laughs> it was a cool time. Yeah, you got, like, a legacy yeah, thing sweet. going on. <laughs> hey, man. Well, I, do, I want to throw this, guys, at you to start this uh, because music is a, it's a huge outlet for me to express myself and if and to connect with a different part of myself that I usually don't usually connect with. Um, so uh, when you were when you were playing music, John, was it an immediate connection where you started playing and you felt like this is an outlet I can express myself in and grow who I am through this, or was it just like you tinkered around for a while and then the love came later? Um, I think it was both. Like there was such a strong desire to get a guitar and to start playing. Um, and like both my sisters were in marching band before me. So like that was kind of already a part of my life going to like competitions and, um, you know, watching their concerts and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I finally did get that guitar, like I was just super excited to sit down and play with it. And like, um, you know, at the time, like I was a huge Beatles fan and a huge The Clash fan. So like, uh, absolutely trying to learn all their songs and stuff. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I have a memory of my mom coming in the room and she thought I was just listening to Day Tripper by the Beatles like over and over again, but I was just like trying to learn it. And she's <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I was, you know, just trying to play that opening line. Um, so it's always been like a very big passion thing for me. Definitely. That's awesome. I love That's that. Awesome. Yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to ask you, John, um, talking about the passion of playing music and, uh, you know, today's topic being the therapy of playing music. I wanted to know how much for you, you're playing, is it how much is passion and how much is for the actual outlet? And mm. depending on those things, like where do those things intersect, where do they overlap, and how can you kind of different, or differentiate the two? Um, really, like playing shows to me kind of feels like something I have to do. Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if it's because i'm trying to make a living with music eventually <laughs> like you have to pretty much do that in order to make money but yeah. i mean i am a very depressive person usually and i've realized this year after like not really being able to play shows because for the past five years i've played a show you know almost weekly for like a couple of them and then you know, even daily for some parts of a couple of those years. So like, oh, damn. that's just been a huge part of my life that is just not there this year. So it, it really made me realize like playing music and sharing that with people, that's like a big community thing for me too. And I grew up in, in a church, so I kind of like understand the importance of being in a community and, and seeing mm -hmm. people that um, you can kind of connect with and I th I think for me, like show culture and, you know, going to different bars and stuff, that was kind of a community 
that uh, has right. been like really missing this year. Absolutely, yeah. You're not yeah. wrong at all, dude. Yeah, because I mean, wrong at all. with the, like when we played a show back in February at the House Show, and I was, I mean, that was the greatest moment of my life. Um, yeah, my amazing. band, Top Down Rainbow Snake Show, has we just formed uh, the year before, and we got a few songs down and enough to play a, you know, and be the opening act to a show. And we threw a house show. We uh, Top Down. Rainbow Snake Show opened it. We had Nari, and then you were the headliner. And the whole night, we had hundreds of people flow through our house. And this was all before quarantine. So I totally understand. Like, I had that high from that show. Everything went so well. It was so fun. It was, honestly, the greatest night of my life, I think. I I was just, I I met so many people. Like you were saying, we, we formed a huge community just from everyone gathering at our house. And I met, uh, I think we had known each other beforehand a little bit, Mm -hmm. but we hadn't really had conversations. And I really got to know you that night and got to know Nari, who uh, who else played. And I I think when you were, yeah, we we had this high on shows and we started getting gigs as well. And as soon as, you know, March hit, all of the gigs were canceled, all of that stuff. And it it, it just, it led into just, like you were saying, I, I had this high and I wanted to keep that energy going and there was just no way we could. And I, I, it just, I don't know, it kind of put us in a pit, you know, like we're, yeah. you know, I think. A snake I, pit? Yeah, the snake pit, exactly. That's yeah. like, the, base, <laughs> the snake pit was uh, the basement that we played in. That's what the name of the venue is called. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I love it. Yeah, with the, with the, I mean, that passion and that, that drive to do music. And I mean, you don't understand what it means to you unless you don't, like until it's taken away. And when it was yeah. taken away, I'm sure like you and and many others who play music and doing shows it, it, yeah you can it, you i i know that i don't know what how you feel when you do shows but i know when i'm up there it's it's the mix of nerves and this euphoria feeling it's just, it just it, it makes me feel a certain way that you know nothing else can <laughs> and i i don't know it's just it, it makes it so fun <laughs> yeah it's oh, a yeah, fun time I, i'm right there with you so uh i like you i i grew up in church and I played drums for the church after my dad kind of, you know, passed the torch along, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and there was really, I think I started playing in front of people. We had like a hundred ish people when I first started going to this church, which is big, (laughs) first of all, but uh, I think I was like 16 the first time I, I played in front of everybody. And like, this is a story that I do want to talk about later, but I just, I felt (laughs) so nervous i'm like the butterflies are just being so on edge but getting through it or at least getting through most of it i'll kind of i'll kind of <laughs> foreshadow the story a little bit but i don't know there was nothing like it and after that i was i was hit by it i just i love playing in front of people and i'm sure you guys see obviously you you're you know you're making a living off of it or you know making the moves towards it but i i, I don't know um this this question, I, I think it's for both of you guys, but the music that you guys play, because um, I know, Martin, you play more hype, you know, not so much hype up, more upbeat, you know, just happy time music. And John, from what I've listened from uh, from you, it's really emotional and it feels really almost like a conversation between two people. Uh, but when you when you play or when you sit down and start to write music or write a riff or whatever it is, do you tap into the feeling that you have right now? Mm-hmm. So if you're having like a sad day or a happy day, is that the feeling that you go into your songwriting with? Or on the flip side, do you just kind of, if you're feeling sad, do you play a more upbeat, happy song to kind of take yourself out of that funk? What's your What's your process? Um, it, it kind of varies depending on the song, but typically when I'm writing, um, I'm a very like visual person. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I kind of equate songwriting to like thinking about like a a movie in my head or something or like a TV show. Um, I'm trying to piece together a piece of music that would like fit this certain emotional feeling, this certain like aesthetic this certain like time and place and conversation and um so for example like do you want to feel like me that was a very reflective song where i was just kind of thinking about um 
you know, just the way that you hurt other people and like maybe not even notice it. And you just kind of go on living your life and then like you reflect back on it and you're like, wow, you know, I could have handled that better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was really just trying to convey that sort of repetitive feeling and emotion. Um, And I think that that really translated when I was writing that song uh, because it was just loops and, and such and, you know, trying to tie in the loops and the repetition to the repetitive nature that I'm trying to talk about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think with that, I mean, it's uh, music can make you feel a certain way. And when I know I'm feeling a certain way, I, I usually gear my songwriting and the way I play music to the emotion I am feeling at a, at a given moment. But I will say more times than not, um, it's really weird for me. The process of writing music is usually, it's like the absence of emotion almost. It's like almost going against the grain of making music where the best songs that I think I've written and people have responded to in a, you know, and like they, Oh, I like that, you know? Right. The songs that are like that, it's, I usually write them when I'm not feeling that certain type of emotion. It's really weird. I wrote a love song and I just got out of a heartbreak or a breakup, a huge breakup, but I wrote a love song. It was this, it was, it just goes against the grains of everything I'm feeling. And I think like with you, with, you know, you're, you're putting self-reflection into your music and you're diving more into yourself. You were saying, you know, you, you want to handle those, those different uh, conflicts in your life through your music and express yourself that way. And I, I totally agree with that. I think I've written songs feeling uh, the emotion I do at the time, but for some reason, I think it's for me to get kicked out of you know, if if I'm sad, I try not to write sad music just because yeah. I do want to kick myself. That's a way music for me is it's a passion, but it's more of a because I have I don't have the drive to do it for my everyday life. Um, you know, I, I want it to be a huge it is a huge part of my life, but uh to make it my day job will be extremely challenging on my end. Um so I've never really had the drive to do that. But it, it's really weird how music can affect people that way because i i mean i don't i i'm, I'm kind of losing and talking in circles right now but the the like the writing songs that go against the grain shoot me in a different direction and it kind of blocks my mind to whatever right. i'm feeling and and with the self-reflection thing it's almost the way i'm kind of analyzing it is i've taken i, I have like i'm like going through a breakup but i wrote a love song it's like it's going against the total opposite but it's almost helping me realize that love still exists if that's you know i'm making like a painting a picture here where it's like yeah i'm not in love i'm heartbroken i'm i'm feeling all these terrible things but let me write a love song just to remind myself that there is good in this world or there is you know there is i am gonna love again or something like yeah. that something yeah. Che- yeah. you know cliche or cheesy like that <laughs> i love that that's like, great yeah i like that a lot but I mean, I mean, music does make me feel like I hate that music does that. Have you guys ever had the days where, you know, you're just in a funk or something and you can't get out of it and you just go straight to Adele and you're like, make me cry, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> not at all. Is that your go to feeling... sad artist, Adele? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of them. It's definitely I, I tend to gear more towards female artists uh, and singers and, and songwriters whenever I, I'm feeling sad. For some reason, they connect those emotions on a lot more personal level for me <laughs> but adele is one of my yeah. go-tos you know <laughs> john do you have a go-to She's sad good. song a go-to sad song <sighs> you know uh probably ribs by lord honestly <laughs> i'm listening yep, to that song and i'm like wow my life is crumbling <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that's not even really that sad of a song it's pretty upbeat but it's like for some reason i listen to to that track and i'm just I'm like spiraling. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because like music, uh, you know, the way she wrote it and the way she's presenting it is not always the way people are going to interpret it. You know, it's it could make you a happy song kid make you feel sad. You know, you never know yeah. what it's going to do to you. Um, do you <laughs> yeah. Do you think you I mean, have you ever created music um, that makes you feel a certain way, but it's interpreted completely different or has any you know, have you gotten feedback that goes mm. against what you thought you were presenting? Um, honestly, like probably how much everyone hypes up Boomin, <laughs> like, uh, a good one. when I wrote that, it was about, um, like I would date somebody and they would like be really supportive of whatever band I was in at the time or whatever I was doing. And then like, 
you know, they kind of act like, oh, that this is like my favorite band, you know, like I'm I'm such a huge fan and supporter. And then you break up for whatever reason and like they just they're gone. Like they don't give it. They don't care, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, like that song is not like necessarily sad, but it's pretty sobering just kind of like tackling through the theme of like, hey, you know, sometimes people are fake, but like. What can you really do about it? Um, yeah, it you is can't what really it is. Tell who's who's fake? You know, when you're like dating that person, right? Um, but like people, I feel like they hype that up, and they're like, "Yeah, this song is it's, it's a great love song or something." And I'm like, "If only, if only, if only." Exactly. Oh my gosh, it's it's not patronizing, but it definitely feels like it when someone's like, "I love that song. It makes me feel so good," and you're like, "That's not at all what it's supposed to do." <laughs> I feel bad for hyping up that song not <laughs> ten minutes ago, man. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're allowed to hype it up. <laughs> I feel better. I feel better. Oh my gosh! You see, drums. It's so loud and so boomy that you know, not to you know, <laughs> but <laughs> it's hard to convey sad emotion while playing the drums unless it's just so slow and so tick. Like, I. Oh my gosh! But. When I'm feeling sad, I just, you know, I play funk to get out of the funk, you know? Like, I'll, yeah. <laughs> it's usually the go-to. Yeah, it's like, a, it's the form of expression uh, that, you know, I mean, I want to be allowed to feel those feelings, and music kind of really does gear me to feel like I'm allowed to feel those feelings. I We, we had an episode um about vulnerability and i think you know a, a huge way that i am vulnerable is through music and that's more on a personal level cuz i really don't share and uh, put out into the world the things that i'm creating but you know as an artist that is established or playing shows um you know you you just you're creating like you said this community of people and like you know you want these people to feel stuff through your 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 music and um, I mean, like, where does that inspiration come from? And do you have, I know we were talking about, you know, you, you your, your emotions are an outlet for, um, but I mean, are you, you know, who are the people that inspired you or, you know, like, where does that root inspiration come from? I would have to say, at least for Sunmates for this particular project, I got a lot of inspiration from Kendrick Lamar. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to rap growing up, so... In like 2017, I was just kind of like, I need to, I need to figure out like a rap album that I can relate to, and I started listening to Damn, and um, like a couple songs off there really grabbed my attention, and then I was like, okay, like this is a rapper that I really enjoy. I hadn't really listened to Kendrick before that much, um, but then I started learning more about him, and I was in the process of uh, leaving one project that I was in and kind of deciding to form my own. And uh, the more that I read about his story and the way that he worked with his friends throughout his career, um, it, it made me want to form something like that where there's a big focus on collaboration because I feel like one thing that the rap and like R&B and hip hop community do really well is they collaborate with their peers. They um, really find a way to make their art more like inclusive with other people mm-hmm. and i wanted to kind of model that but definitely not as a rapper or hip-hop artist <laughs> um, but you just don't kind hide of hide it from the world Joe. <laughs> yeah i i can't rap <laughs> have you ever tried though have you ever tried that's the thing uh i mean not giving it like my best go but but enough to say, nah, it's not yeah, for me. It's not for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, with the with that, I mean, going against what style of music you are creating, have you ever experimented with different genres? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I was also in jazz bands, so I have a I have a pretty big interest in writing some like more jazzy stuff. Um, I really am interested in collaborating with rappers so i've been working with a certain producer that you know i'll give him like a guitar part or a keys part or something for whatever track he's got going on but uh i'm pretty interested in i would love to do some r&b stuff um but it's just finding the right you know product to put out there so it's something that i don't want to rush and you know if the opportunity comes for me to collaborate with somebody who could fulfill like some r&b roles you know, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Good, Be picky, dude. 
be picky. Yeah. So I mean, you're at a you're I think you're at a level to where you know you you can reach out to different communities and you know you have stuff out there for them to actually grab like who you are like you know connects you to your music and that kind of thing that's uh <laughs> I, we released a rap album uh under top down and it is it is the funniest thing in the world like i i we love rap i love rap music and the whole collaboration thing i totally agree with like dreamville album with j cole and everybody i mean those when that came out that was i mean i was a huge fan and (laughs) it just yeah i think uh but i i mean i don't it just it's weird because when you're collaborating for me it's not that i don't like playing music with people i think that's where actually my motivation comes uh is being around people who love music that kind of drives me to want to play it more um it's really hard to kind of gear myself to do it by myself i mean do you do you get i mean do you feel motivated to do it by yourself do you you think you have to get around that community to really pull out a product that you really like i think it's a little bit of both um my original demos for like a lot of stuff that is on the ep like it's not good (laughs) uh i'm not a drummer like i can lay down a beat um i'm not a bass player i can follow a chord chart and whatever but uh getting to work with Brandon and Logan and Shelby and kind of show the ideas and say like, how can you bring your talent, your skill, your uh, like sound design? How can you bring that to the table? We can elevate this. Um, So I, I, there's like an intrinsic like motivation desire for me to go ahead and make music. Um, But as far as presenting that to the world, that's definitely something that I like to filter through different people's abilities and perceptions and let it kind of organically shift mm-hmm. yeah you gotta let it like that. gotta let it marinate a little bit you know <laughs> yeah. let, let it sink in and then see it. yeah absolutely i mean i like that i like that a lot you lay down the base like figuratively and literally but then you have other people come in and build upon that foundation and just to elevate it to a higher height of what you initially view it as and i think that's i think that's awesome that's great. There, there really is nothing like playing with people who can really play. It's a ridiculous feeling because when you're playing with like, I'm not going to be mean and say amateurs, but like when you're <laughs> playing with people who, you know, maybe just picked it up or they play, you know, once a week, every two months or something like that. And then you're just <laughs> so far ahead of them and you kind of have to hold yourself back in mm-hmm. order for them to keep up. And because you don't want to outshine and be too cute and do all this stuff, you know, speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You stay cute, Mark. But (laughs) but when you can play with those people who, you know, can see and feel what you are trying to put out there and without too, too much direction, there, there really is something special about that feeling. I can't agree more. Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like it's effortless almost, you know, when, yeah. you, when you get with session players. And I've been in this boat, too, where I remember being in jazz band. I started it in high school and I was an amateur at this point. I've only played by ear and I never took formal lessons. And, you know, music was always it was an inspiration and it made me feel great and made me feel a certain way. But it never it didn't really click until high school until I got under actually like a teacher and knew and it was like almost like the logistics sides of music started to make sense instead of it just mm-hmm. being, Hey Martin play buttons that, you know, that you like, you know, cause that's what piano was for me. It was just pushing yeah. buttons. I didn't have formal lessons to, you know, teach myself, you know, it, it was all based on my ear and, you know, I don't have perfect pitch in any means. I mean, I have enough to definitely pick out a key. Do you have perfect pitch John? I have relative pitch. I think I'm not one who can like hear a note and just be like, oh, that's a C. Like I can guess it might not be right, but okay. I'm starting to be able to pick out like, you know, intervals and stuff. But I, yeah, cool. and that ta- yeah. it's, it's I mean, funny awesome. how much t- that takes practice too. you know, it's it, yeah. it's hearing those notes over and over and over again. And that for me, it was like me is the same. I have relative pitch where I can guess kind of where it is, but not I don't do it exactly, but I'll find it, you know. Yeah, it takes the patience. My ears don't work, man. <laughs> That's why you play drums, Jordan. <laughs> That's why my ears don't work. <laughs> well, I mean, with music, 
um, I mean, this, you know, it's an art, it's an artistic process there, you know, there's time that needs to happen, you know, there, there needs to be a duration of time for these ideas to formulate and for you to be able to put your ideas into fruition. And the only question, you know, the, the question I have with, for that is when you're collabing with people, it's, it's not necessarily, you feel like you're rushing, right. But you, when getting everybody in one room you know, you have a certain time limit on what ideas you want to have happen in that time. Do you do you have a hard time where it's if you're going into a session to practice patience, like if that session goes wrong or, you know, doesn't go the way the feeling was off or something? Um, I mean, is it a thing where you scratch it or do you have the patience to be like, you know what, somebody was off. Let's just revisit this later. Um, it. Yeah, I, I try to not have an ego about it because you can go in with an expectation of like, all right, we're going to go in and we're going to nail this on the first take and that's going to be it. And you can want that to happen, but like the reality is it might not happen. And music is such an emotional labor. And, you know, especially with Sunmates, all four of us really love music. So we go in there wanting it to sound good. And if, you know, if it doesn't meet our expectations, we try to uh, just let it be for what it is, you know, mm-hmm. count the time that we were together, count the recording that we got, um, reflect on it, see if there's anything that we want to pull from it. Cause, uh, you know, all of our songs, they just go through iteration after iteration and we record a lot of our rehearsals. Um, so things have really shifted and changed and morphed. And, you know, even, even if you're not really feeling it, sometimes you look back at that recording and you say, okay, something really cool happened here. And it, it could even be four seconds, but like it can make or break that song, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, that's, I, I, it's hard for me to practice patience. Uh, we, we, we talked in a little bit about the collab of music and I want it to like, in my, I, 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 it's to a fault, but I do go in with an expectation, especially if I'm playing with people that know what they're doing to create something off the cusp or off the cuff and just be like, yep, this is it. And it was within the moment and it feels great. And then we left and we're going to feel good about it. And right. when it doesn't go that way, I've, it, it, I get frustrated. I get like, I'm not good enough. And, you know, emotionally I feel it doesn't, it gears me more towards maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't do music at all. Have you ever had those moments where, you know, maybe you didn't perform up to your own expectation and fell short um, even though it may have turned out well, um, but you know what you know what emotional toll does that have on you if you don't play a good show or you're not producing mm-hmm. what you really are trying to create? You know, it it definitely sucks. I mean, um, it it would be like an athlete losing a game or a, you know a baker like spending all his time making bread and then like it, they burn the whole batch. It you can look at it and say like, all right, let's learn from what went wrong. Um, and that's one of the biggest things I learned from marching band when we would go to like the regional competitions where it's a little bit more big time. It's not just like the state. Um, if you mess up during the show, cause you know, there's like 150 people on the field. Mm-hmm. So, and everyone is moving and playing and it's very just intricate. They don't care if you mess up, they care how you recover. So, right when you go into a situation where like it didn't go how you wanted it to, um, to me, I think the most important thing to always strive to pull from that is like, all right, how can we recover? How, like, how did we either do it naturally or how can we do it next time? Because, you know, we've played shows where everything's going great. And then there's some sound issue that just comes out of nowhere. And you know, sometimes you have to just stop the whole show and say, like, what is going on? Right? That's, <laughs> oh, like, that's frustrating, <laughs> but, like, you know, it, I watched Julian Baker, who's, like, a pretty large, national, worldwide known artist. She just played with Phoebe Bridgers, but she came to the Burl, and uh, I think it was, like, 2018, maybe? Um, and there was this intense feedback, and you know, they had to stop the show and she was super gracious. And, you know, she was like, be respectful to the sound engineer. It's not their fault. They don't know. They're just trying to fix it for everybody so we can have a good time. Mm -hmm, And it was like pretty sobering because people were kind of like being antsy about it and not booing the sound person, but 
um, getting frustrated for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but just having like a professional artist come in and say that and say like, hey, you know, be respectful to this person who's doing their job. Obviously, it's frustrating, but we're all here experiencing it together, and like a bad attitude is just going to make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, that's a, oh my gosh. Well, no one fucked up as big as Mariah Carey did. You remember, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least no one's taking an L that big. <laughs> hey man, Beyonce played during a blackout during the Super Bowl. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's true. That's true. The and whole I, dome went dark. <laughs> no one's going to get mad her. at the Queen either. You know. No, no. <laughs> oh but yeah, it's it's how you roll with those with those inconveniences and those just variables that you really can't see coming, you know, even Mm -hmm. it's it's that much harder to deal with. I think when it's not directly your fault and not pinning blame on anybody really, but if something goes wrong and you literally had zero control over it and now everyone is having a worse time than they were two minutes ago. Right. It's a, it's, it's a hard feeling to overcome because then you feel even more responsible to get the mood back up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you feel like, Oh shit. Like these people just, you know, <laughs> there's this ridiculous feedback coming in. There's eight cases of bleeding ears by the bar over there. <laughs> like we, <laughs> it's up to me now to, to make it better again. And that's as hard of a feeling as that is, how you deal with that and how you are able to, like you said, how you recover from that is the most important thing because some people can just bitch and complain like, oh, it's not my fault. And then they run off stage. But some people's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let's make this an even better experience now that we figured it out. So kudos, man. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I mean, if if you think about it, like some of my favorite concert experiences, something went wrong. And yeah. maybe it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the band, maybe, it, but it created a story in my memory that makes that experience stand out. And that, you know, one of, one of the concerts I'm thinking about is I watched the 1975, I was in the pit in Columbus right after their second album came out. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. And there were all these people and like this drunk guy this whole time was like, just he was really big too like i'm a pretty skinny guy and he was just like (laughs) laying on me and like pushing me over and like knocking me around and like it was super annoying and i was getting frustrated by it but like i was in a pit with like all these people seeing the 1975 which was you know crazy to me and surreal and like it just it was annoying at the time but like i just laugh about it now yeah yeah definitely uh, you gotta shake it off you can't let those yeah. experiences get to you because then i think that just <laughs> it drives your anxieties to perform next or you know put yourself out there again is right. uh you know with like anxiety with music there it's always i feel like it's really hard to distinguish nerves and anxiety for me when i'm either when i'm going to play a live show i think yes there's always nerves there i'm always wanting to put like present myself the best I can, but the anxieties of performing, oh, maybe something goes wrong or something goes bad or maybe, you know, something where I just, I personally mess up and it's, you know, if I screw it up enough to where it, there is no recovery, if that makes sense, you know, sometimes you're just right. like, oh man, you hit a, you just hit a wall and you're like, oh man, I mean, what's, what do you think is, do you have, like, what's the biggest uh, anxiety that you feel aside from nerves um, mm. about going up to doing a show or presenting, you know, your, your band? Probably the technical aspect of it. Um, since the beginning, I have like heavily used Ableton uh, for Sunmates. So I either had like tracks that I put together or like I was doing live looping and stuff. So there was just like a lot of technological elements that just sometimes would not work. <laughs> yeah. like, it's super, I don't want to say like embarrassing, but it's just awkward when you're on stage and like, uh, I played a solo gig at cosmic 2.0 before they, uh, moved to Loudon and shut down. And, uh, like I was trying to live loop these drums and it worked every other time. And it just was not working on stage. And like, yeah. I just had to say, all right, this song no longer has drums. And drums. Just, you know, <laughs> go ahead and play it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the technology stuff because like we use in ears and we're usually mixing our own show on our own. And it's just kind of like a lot. 
yeah, absolutely. Yeah, stuff to plug in. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. When it, when you have the, I mean, you have the most beautiful PA system I've ever seen in my life, Thank and you. there are so many buttons on there. It, it's intimidating to even look at. So I can't even imagine the struggles of having technical difficulties because I wouldn't even know where to start. I just uh, yes, here's the on button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild. But luckily, I've been in. I was in like a band right out of high school that I I was in for over two years, and I swear to God, we had technical issues every single show. Like <laughs> it was either my equipment, so like I just kind of learned over time. You get what you pay for. Like if you buy a shitty cable, it's gonna break. If you buy a nice cable, it's it's probably gonna be fine. So like there's right. just stuff that I've learned that can kind of help along the way. But like you know, sometimes you get up on stage and it just nothing works for no reason, and then you unplug it and you turn it off and you plug it back in and turn it on and it works fine. And yeah. it's just the nature of <laughs> it's the It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. You're pissed. Yeah. You're five minutes late from when you were supposed to be on, but like it's working now. So you got to go and just roll with okay. it. Absolutely. With it. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to a show back in 2017. I actually think it, it was a J. Cole show. Um, as for, I, I'm not sure if the year's right, but it was when his, um, to, uh, Forest Hill Drive's album came out and just like you I was really close to the stage I was having such a great time and I mean someone like Jay Cole you expect the show to be effortless to go through and the whole thing went down and I was like oh wow like it went black Damn. and you know it the way the music was it kind of did it on a beat so everyone was like oh what what's happening <laughs> what's happening and then two minutes later the lights come back on and he's like and then he just starts off the song where it left off and then the you know you finish it and almost recovered effortlessly like it almost he incorporated Damn. it to be part of the show and i i was blown away that's amazing but um yeah there but like even listening to live music you know it, I, there's there's a feeling that the audience gets from watching the people on stage playing so and i've seen you perform multiple times and i can from my perspective it seems like you and your band are so into what you're playing like you really like it you're really feeling the groove and i was telling jordan before this like every show that you guys have played you do a phenomenal job you're everyone on your team and band is doing great but your bass player can lay it down i'm saying (laughs) like (laughs) your live shows when you guys played outside lucy's uh lucy brown's not too long ago on doing the outside show i saw you guys play a few songs and i mean you guys i mean you know it's hard to put people in a parking lot and make them feel a certain way but i i can tell you guys were so into it and it made me even more into it so on the contrary i mean do you feel can you feel the audience connection uh whenever you feel like you're you're on it like you're you're you know you're you're at your top of your game do you does that feed into you and the feeling that you know I'm going to keep this high of this you know energy that I got going cuz a lot of people are connecting with it yeah um I've had a lot of experience playing to empty rooms so you, you kind of I the mean, life of an entertainer. Yeah, for real. Like like I said, my first band that I was in after high school, like we played a lot of shows and a lot of them were to like five people. And we just kind of had to learn to connect with those five people. And I think being in Sunmates after learning all of that and coming to terms with like, hey, it's hard to sell a product that is music and like convince people to get out to a mm-hmm. venue and like come watch you. So you just kind of have to do your best and like see who shows up. And um, yeah, I mean, connecting with the audience is amazing. But I think first and foremost, like you got to connect with the band. You got to be locked into the music because if you're all over the place, if your energy is not focused into your one craft as a unit, like it's not going to translate. And I'm thankful that uh, we have our in-ear set up because it kind of helps us get locked into that because we put our ears in and you can't really hear the audience, which is kind of like crazy feeling because yeah. mm-hmm. you could be in a really packed room and you don't really hear anything except for what's going on. And I think that kind of helps us stay grounded. We can hear each other. We know how it's going to sound. Um, and that really helps us connect with everybody because 
we're not struggling to hear, you know, Brandon's kick drum or, or Shelby's little synth solo or Logan's bass playing. Like we can all hear it and focus on how it sounds and what we're doing. I think that's cool. I think the idea of not being able to hear everyone, but seeing them get hype would only like feed into my energy more because it's like, oh, damn. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm a I'm a visual person. Like hearing cheers is one thing, but seeing people lose their freaking minds, I think that I think that's a dr- bigger driving force into putting on a better show and just getting really, really, you know, into it. It makes me want to do it more. I, w- I want to see more of that expression and what yeah. everybody's yeah excited about. I think so too. I mean, when someone puts on a good show and you can tell they're into it everyone else was into it i mean everyone leaves with that feeling of all, they're just glowing and they're you know excited and and you know i you know being a being a musician you're local to lexington uh you know is have you branched out have you toured in the other states or you know is there plans for branching out to even further uh, i know you have your full-time job so uh, you know i yeah. know the balance of that is hard cuz everybody needs to live i totally understand yeah, yeah, that yeah. Um, I have like toured before, um, and past projects and got to do some touring for some trombone stuff as well, um, back in high school. So we have played in Cincinnati, Sunmates has pretty regularly. That's probably like our second market, I would say like Lexington and then Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Um, and we played in Louisville as well, but, uh, it's been interesting because we didn't have music out for like so long, um, but we were playing in Lexington a lot and, and trying to branch out. And now that we've had music out for well over a year um, and we just put the EP out, we're really starting to get like analytics back about who's listening and where. And like Spotify is crazy because you'll just have people listening in like Norway and you're like, how the yeah. hell did you yeah. like, <laughs> there's two people like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. But, Dude. <laughs> We That's have what like we're a, experiencing. <laughs> we're seeing people it's, like it's weird. <laughs> we're popping off in Korea for some reason. Yeah. It's really crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, we've we've had like pretty consistent listeners where we've been playing and uh a couple other cities that we've started kind of targeting our ads towards and trying to connect with them and uh making plans to go down and just kind of scope out the area and try to play a couple shows once like things start opening back up in the spring and the summer. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, quarantine has put a, a hinder on everybody. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know you'll see an uptick on the uh, New Orleans area in Spotify. I'll be listening like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> listening all the time. Believe me. Oh, man. I do, I do want to ask you, um, kind of getting back to more of just you and away from the band, when you're going into songwriting, and let's say you're going through some 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 sort of emotion. You you know, you just had a great day, you just had a really sad day. What is it that you go towards first, depending on the emotion? So like if you're sad, are you going more to songwriting? Are you going more to instrumental stuff? Or mm-hmm. on the flip side, if you're in a happier mood, are you going straight for the guitar and just ripping off something and be like, Oh hell yeah, this is great. Like what's your what's um, your process it, it, for that? If I'm writing a song, it, it's typically like production comes first. Like mm-hmm. I'll have an idea and it's usually like drums. I'm like, I have an idea for a drum beat. So I'll like go into Ableton and program out this drum beat. And I'm like, uh, I try to fit in the song after that, you know, like uh, find like a guitar part that that is cool. But yeah, the instrumental stuff really just depends on on my mood. like like you were hinting at um if it's like a sadder thing i'll probably go towards like the keys and the synths first yeah um versus like guitar which is more of my main instrument i would i would gravitate towards that for like a happier or like a more upbeat sort mm-hmm. of thing where i'm kind of more comfortable like playing quickly and coming up with I like cool that. stuff i like that you said that uh the comfortability of playing so we all have, like the three of us, anyway, we have the one instrument that we all gravitate, gravitate towards, right? But I'm sure we've all branched out and tried to, like, I've 
picked up a guitar and a bass trying to learn my way around them. Martin, I know you've picked up a couple of different things. I think it is really fascinating that whenever we are in some sort of mood, whether it be happy or sad, that if we want to feel comfortable enough to express ourselves through that music, express the feeling that we're having through our music, we do gravitate towards more of the thing that we know we're the best at of what we have around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're feeling more adventurous, I'll say, for lack of a better word, you know, if, if for me, for example, if I have some weird feeling going on or I'm in some weird situation and I'm like, you know what, it's music time, baby, I'm diving in. Sometimes I want to stay away from what I'm most comfortable with. I want to try and branch out into like, you know what? Let me learn this. Uh, oh goodness, let me learn a f- five new chords on the guitar really quick, and let me try and express what I'm going through through that, and make a little riff, make a little song out of it. Is that something that you guys experience as well, or am I just like the odd man out <laughs> over here? <laughs> um, I definitely experience that sometimes. I cope with that by buying a new piece of gear. (laughs) (laughs) Retail therapy. Yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) And like, I'm super close to paying off all my debt. But like, sometimes it is cool to just have like something different that, you know, feels a little bit different in your hands and you don't really know how it works and you're kind of just winging it. And therefore, it kind of pulls out like a different side of your creativity because it's not so comfortable. Like, when I'm trying to really push myself, I really try to not touch the guitar because it's so easy for me to hop back into the same like repetitive stuff that yep. I'm used to. And I, I've kind of realized at this point, like, hey, if I want to write some songs that are not all going to sound the same, they need to have different instrumentation. They need to be more out of my comfort zone. And I need to be more adventurous with the sounds and textures that I'm using. Yeah, I completely agree. I can't. I can't count how many times i've sat at the kit and just i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play something new i'm gonna try and learn like these new patterns and then somewhere along the line i just find myself playing my go-to beat that i'm like come on dude like what's going on (laughs) so so then i have to like kind of step away from it for a while like Mm. i don't know if you guys do this Uh, you maybe not so much because this is more of your livelihood but for me sometimes i have to stay away from playing drums for you know two weeks, three weeks, just so I can kind of get out of the muscle memory of it all. And then that way I can go and explore new things that I want to try and venture into just to kind of have a fresher look at it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, when you fall back into that repetitive thing, I, I do the same thing with piano. I have, I, I, it's not that I can't create new stuff and I can't get inspired to make something new, but, you know, as soon as I get 20 minutes into practicing something new, I'm like, ah, let me just play something I know to make <laughs> you to remind myself that yeah. I can still do it a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, the thing that I, I struggle with that is we, you know, we were talking a lot about collaboration and which is awesome because that's a way to bring in new ideas and perspectives mm-hmm. to challenge yourself. Um, but you know, to kind of, to kind of end this off, if, if music, if you didn't have your band and you didn't have the love and support of your fans and that kind of deal, would you still play music? Like, do you think, I mean, in your, if you just worked your day job every day, would you come home and would music still be your, your a solace for you? Would it still be a way to express yourself? Definitely. I would, I would definitely say that. Um, oh yeah. I don't think that there's really been a period or time of my life where music was not an outlet for me to kind of re- relieve myself of whatever I'm holding on to. And even, you know, growing up where I just learned covers, I didn't really start writing songs until I was like almost 18. But um, even if I was just learning covers, I would pick covers that kind of conveyed the feeling that I held at the moment. And that was a way for me to kind of connect like, hey, somebody else, even if they didn't feel it the way that I'm feeling it, they wrote something that like connects this feeling that I have and I feel a connection with them and I want to relate to them by playing through the song and kind of just letting my emotions be what they are. It's a good way to remind yourself that whatever you're feeling can be beautiful, even it's even if it's depression, you know, it, it can be something that connects you with other people that uh I don't know, it doesn't have to necessarily just be 
a negative part of your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, when you're when you're playing, and uh, especially a cover of a song, um, my favorite is "A Change Is Gonna Come." And I can't sing in any means, but when that song comes on, I can't help myself because I wasn't born by a river, but it feels like it when I was singing that song. You know, I yeah. feel like I'm in his shoes. I feel like I'm, and that, you know, that style of music really, uh, it, it, if I can find other artists um, that I really enjoy and can connect with uh, playing their music, it definitely, I, I've done the thing where I've twisted some songs and made my own variations of them to fit my style. And I think, I mean, that's just a way for to use someone else's influence to express the exact emotion that I want to convey to somebody else. And it and it's through other per, other uh, artists' songs and other artists, uh, you know, production and like their their thing. And it's all of them. But, you know, adding that variation to make it personal to you. And it, that's all that's all on my uh, alone time. I don't like I said, I don't I don't typically play shows a lot and I don't and I, I play music with people. But um, I think I, if I started playing music by myself and I fell in love with it by myself. And I think I will carry that until I die. And I mean, it's so heartwarming that, you know, there, there's other musicians out there that music is that it has that same feeling where it doesn't matter what emotional state you're at. doesn't matter who you're friends with. doesn't matter anything. Just you come home and you think about music and because it's a, a way for you to kind of relieve yourself from your day or just get you out of a funk. I mean, it's just awesome when it's personal to you because that, I mean, that, that energy flows into the music that you make with people. And I think the one thing that a lot of people lack, especially if they're really talented is when you get them together, having the open mind uh, mindset to, allow someone else to bring in their music and express themselves and you kind of not I want I don't want to say you have to play their genre of music to vibe with them but you know it's always funny to put a country artist and then a rock artist next to each other and say hey I want you guys to play together and you're like well I mean you know it's weird that yeah these artists have different genres and different capabilities but we're all in the same family of music on their own time doesn't matter what style of music you're playing it's making people just feel so emotionally connected to the world and their own emotions and the thing that are, you know, and, and when you connect with certain like-minded people, if you're a country artist and you're connecting with people who like country music, um, I mean, you're just hitting a chord with certain people that, that they can relate to. And you're not going to hit that with everybody. I think that's like the one thing I, I think that was the biggest thing with music that I struggled with is I make indie music and not everyone in the world likes indie music. And, you know, you're going to have some pushback and you're going to have that people are always going to criticize you. But the fact that you can stay true to yourself and stay, you know, if music's a passion for you and you're going to do it on your own time anyway, I mean, that's, that's where the, the perseverance with music comes comes into play and I, I think that's I think that's just awesome. I, I think that yeah. if you can do it on your own time just as much or if you enjoy it on your own time just as much as you do with you know people around and playing shows. I mean it's it's rooted I think music for me is rooted, you know, what you do on your own time. And I think I mean just like a lot of things. Um but I think uh this is this has been awesome and yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for talking with us. This is uh, you were our first guest ever. You have been amazing, John. You're welcome. You're always Thank welcome you back to almost. Yeah, 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 no problem. Absolutely, man. Um, absolutely, man. Uh, but my last little thing, I do want to just kind of touch on what you just said, John, and that Martin saying, like, "Thank you so much for being on the show." This, like, that last little answer that you gave us is exactly why I was so excited to have you on or to have another person on here was because that was kind of what the vibe of this show was for is that we all don't go through the exact same thing and what we can put out there to make people feel somewhat in the same light or the same ballpark that they can connect with a similar emotion. It doesn't have to be the same thing and that we can all kind of connect with one another through a slight difference. You know what I mean? And I think that was beautifully said what you just put out there. And I really am. I'm so excited that you decided to come on. It's Freaking awesome. I love it. Uh, and just to end the show off on a, you know, a little brighter note, I do want to ask you and Martin, and I'll you know, explain myself, but I want to know your most embarrassing moment <laughs> with music. Oh, man. Uh, honestly, 
the one that I'm thinking of right now was. Hmm. I would say probably when I was in marching band as an eighth grader, which was like kind of a big deal because we only had two eighth graders that were asked to be in marching band. Hot um, damn. And he was my recruited. sister was pissed because she was a senior and she was like, I can't believe I have to hang out with my brother. <laughs> like, we were not friends at the time. But uh, we had a competition and we were doing like this circular sort of formation. And I just forgot where I was and like, diagonally just walked through this circle like so wrong and had no idea what was going on and i was just like oh my god and like i don't know if you've never been on the marching band field during like just seeing all these people walking around like they will knock you over they don't care if you're in the way if if (laughs) so uh that was terrifying and also embarrassing and my band director definitely knew it was me like a hundred people are moving to the right or I oh. love it. Oh, oh I love yeah. It. It's like a hundred people are moving to the left and you're moving to the right. Like one person. <laughs> it was, it was bad. <laughs> oh awesome. man. I, I think my most embarrassing moment was at the, uh, Valentine's day show back in February. Whenever we played that house show, it was amazing. And I, it was awesome, but it was also the most embarrassing moment. I think of my life, uh, especially with music, because I remember we took an intermission and we were, you know, we were like, all right, let's just like to open back up the second half of what we're doing. Let's just improvise. Let's just play like a little bit of what we normally do on a daily basis. And so we started playing and I started playing this groove that's really funky. And I was like, oh, and I had written a song and I started. And so, okay, to preface this story, sorry, I'm not drawing it out, but to preface this, (laughs) I had, I was so nervous and so amped up on all these feelings and anxieties that I I was taking a couple shots before I went on stage, which probably wasn't the smartest move because when we came back from intermission, I became the liquor. <laughs> I just like everything just hit and I was way too I was way too gone to be up there, but I was and I started playing this song and my mic was hot, so I started singing and I you know, at, if I had to say one to ten, I'm a five. Like, he can carry a tone. Would, would I listen to him? No. You know? So I'm, I'm jamming out. I'm singing. I'm I'm screaming, honestly. I'm not even singing at this point. And I'm playing this song. It, it's fun. Everybody's having a good time. All our friends are there. So I wasn't really embarrassed, per se. But, you know, there was like, oh, God, I'm way too drunk to be up here. I don't want... <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So when I was, uh, when I was 16... Like I said, I I was playing in church. Like my dad, he was the church drummer. And one day my dad, he couldn't be at the service that Sunday. And so they asked me, they said, hey, Jordan, do you want to play? I'm like, oh, yeah. So I hopped on the set. (laughs) The piano player was this guy named Bert, and he was like a professionally trained, like has been playing music for decades, like toured with a bunch of places. And then he decided to come to the church and be like the worship leader and we're halfway through i think the second song and this is my first time playing in front of a large group of people and i (laughs) oh my god dude i was getting way too cute i was trying to feel like anytime i could i was like trying to just show off and then my dad walks through the door and then bert stops everybody and then kicks me off Damn. That's heartless. Bert was not having it. He's like, you think this is good for the Lord? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. man. That's so funny. Good lesson. Play Play with the music. Play to the music. Don't be just shoving everything you can in there. But I I was everyone has to learn that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong at all. But John, thank you so much again, man. Uh, I do want to ask you, you know, give you your little time to shine. Is there anything that you're working on? Any place that people can find you? Tell them a little Um, bit about yourself. We've got a website, sunmatesband.com. Uh, we're still getting the design finalized, but it's pretty sick. We have some interactive stuff going on. Our, our good friend and designer Armando, um, working with Saint, he's been killing it. Uh, so like all of our information will be there and we just booked our studio dates for our next EP 
So we will be recording here in like just a couple weeks. Hell up in Columbus, yeah. And then awesome. I booked a studio for all of February. So I'm going to like bust some ass. And go oh, ahead, man. Right. Have Hell some yeah. New music coming out. Absolutely. And they can find you on Spotify, Apple Music, all these different yep. platforms. Yep. That's awesome. Where we will get very few pennies. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we do have a band camp um, and band camp just announced they're going to continue band camp Fridays, I think through March or April of next year. So that's four more dates um, where you can go to band camp and you can buy a top down rainbow snake show or Sunmates or, you know, any of these other bands you're interested in, you can buy their music and band camp will give all of the proceeds to the band. They're not going to take a cut. So that's awesome. you oh, know, if you that's... buy an EP for five bucks, that's worth like, you know, 5,000 streams. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely awesome. something if you want to support bands, like try to find a way to go and buy their music if they don't have like a CD out or anything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you I can know. Yeah, absolutely. Know. That's so cool. And you can find, you can follow him on Instagram at Sunmates Band. And uh, you can follow us at Almost Cool Pod and at Jordan Hooter underscore and at Creation underscore Martin. Please give us a like and a follow if you really like what's going on. If you have any comments or questions in the show, please reach out to almostcoolpod at gmail.com. And we would love to hear more from you. If you are if you connect with this episode, if you love music, we'd love to hear what music does for you too. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And like I said, it's been such a pleasure, John. Thank you so much for taking time Thank out of your day to do this. Thank you for having me out. Absolutely. Yeah, course, it's man. been so it fun. fun. And uh, yeah, this uh, Happy New Year, everybody. And yeah, New Year, year, New Us. <laughs> it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, until, <laughs> until next time, John, we hope to uh, maybe in the future, whenever you're playing on Jimmy Fallon or you know, you're playing at Madison Square Garden <laughs> or something like that, we can have you back on and, <laughs> and, and you can explain what it's like to be famous. What about Al's Bar? Will you take me back if I play to Al's Bar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Absolutely. Next week, John, the okay. same time. <laughs> All right, we love you. I love you, Jordan, and we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Thank you. See you all later.